Welcome to the Birthing in New Earth podcast, awakening the divine feminine in birth, business, and spirituality. My name is Samantha, and in this podcast, I'll be having conversations with movers and shakers from around the world on a range of topics. I truly believe that when we tap into the areas around birth and business and spirituality, there is true potential for change in the world. The time is now to create the future of our dreams. Welcome to this episode of the Birthing in New Earth podcast. This is Samantha, and I'm really excited to be sharing this episode with you today. In this episode, we have Jane Hardwick-Collings. Jane is a grandmother, former midwife, teacher, writer, and menstrual educator. She gives workshops in Australia and internationally on mother and daughter preparation for menstruation, the spiritual practices of menstruation, and the sacred dimensions of pregnancy, birth, and menopause. She is a modern-day women's mystery teacher. Jane is an inspiration to many and a true pioneer in the field, and I really, really loved our conversation. We go on a deep journey through the mysteries of women and how we can start to tap into our feminine power and knowledge. Jane gives us practical tools to help us on our journey of healing. She shares practices where we can tap into the cycles of our life, the new and full moon cycles, our monthly cycles, and even within our day and year in the seasons. We also talk about the seasons of women's life, rites of passage, and how we can heal our wounds that may have occurred around these times, and how moving forward we can start to honor these rites of passages and bring in rituals around them. There's so much more that we go into in this episode. It's a really beautiful conversation not to be missed. There are some deep wisdoms and knowledge shared by Jane. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. All right. Welcome to the Birthing in New Earth podcast. This is Samantha, and I'm super excited to have Jane Hardwick Collings with us today. She is a true inspiration and doing such amazing, beautiful work in the world. And I've been following her for many years now. And yes, I just love what she does. And I feel it's so important, the work she's doing at this time in our world. And she's been on our first inaugural gathering. And I'm so excited to have another conversation with her on our podcast. So thank you, Jane, for being here. Thank you, Samantha, for inviting me and congratulations on what you're bringing the world, birthing a new earth. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, and this is something we're all doing. Like, I feel it's so important to come together and start having conversations around this and you know, sharing the amazing things that people are doing in the world to make this happen. So I wanted to start our conversation with a quote from you. And I think this really sums up the work that you're doing in the world. So this is it. So this is my work, helping to heal the wounded feminine and the wounded masculine of our patriarchal culture to help in the reclamation of feminine knowledge, wisdom and power and shed menstrual shame. Yes, such beautiful work you do. And like I said, I feel like this work is so important at this time in our world. And I want to hear a little bit more about what has drawn you to to be doing this work. Hmm. 
Well, I became a midwife when I was 25. So that's a little bit less than 40 years ago. And what happened for me then was that I learned about birth, obviously, and how to be a um, midwife. And I learned about rites of passage. And childbirth is one of the main rites of passage for women in our lives. And there are certain things about rites of passage that I learned that we can do something about to help heal the wounded feminine, the wounded masculine of mm. our patriarchal culture. Because rites of passage create and reinforce culture on the inside by the mindset or beliefs and attitudes and fears that the experience the person has going through the rite of passage develops. And then they reinforce culture on the outside by everybody conforming to the beliefs of the culture that has uh, created the experience. So what I mean by all of that is that rites of passage are times of massive transformation in our lives and we are affected by the experience that happens on a subliminal level, which means we don't even realise it. And we're basically uh, being brainwashed or enculturated, yes. which is a nicer way of saying brainwashed, but means the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And so what's actually going on in our modern world with our rites of passage of um, birth and for women, menarche, first period, mm -hmm. childbirth, menopause and death, what's actually going on is the medicalization of women's lives, really. And so yeah. what I learned about in childbirth was that it was the overculture's perspective that was getting um, used and dominated the woman's experience rather than her own journey through her life, the mm. transformation and her rite of passage. And so what happens when um, our experiences are dominated by an alternative to ourselves, by an agenda of a culture yes. that we have the experience that makes us to be the individuals that the culture needs to support its happenings. Yeah. So, yeah. so what, what happens? So, so that also means, knowing that, means that we can also see these rites of passage in our lives as times for positive intervention. So... We know that the individual going through the rite of passage is going to be affected by the experience. And so everything that happens is really important to get right, so to speak, so that it's an empowering experience for the woman. Mm. So that she's not made to feel less than or a burden yeah. or too mm. loud or too messy or too Gosh, yeah. whatever, you know. And so <laughs> this goes for all of the rites of passage. And is um, something that we can do, you know. So we, mm -hmm. my work has really focused on this understanding that these are times in our lives when we can make a difference and we can, we can heal the wounded feminine, the wounded masculine of our patriarchal culture because what happens at a rite of passage, it's kind of like a fork in the road for the individual mm. and one road goes down the re-wounding path yeah, and the other goes... Yeah. yeah, the keeping yeah. on of the same yeah. stuff or the other path and the fork of the road is the healing path. And 
there's more going on than the cultural uh, story. There's the there's our thread story or our mother line story or our mm. generational trauma that each of us are living, which is obviously affected by the culture and created by the culture. But the way that the wounding happens in each individual's life is either the healing or the rewounding of the generational trauma that's coming through, which has been created by all of this. Yes, <laughs> you did. You said it so eloquently, and yeah, it's we have all these traumas that are actually being stored within us, and are actually, like you said, there is an agenda to keep us in these these wounded patterns. I mean, we're easy; they're controlled or whatever we want. We don't have to go down that path of understanding what the why the agenda, but. Um, but what's I feel super important right now is that, the, like you said, there are tools and there are ways to begin this healing process and to go a different path. Like you said, there is the fork and we have choices each time we come to them and we can either go down it unconsciously. But what you're doing in the world is you're bringing information and knowledge out for us so we can start to make more informed choices and choose choose a different way, choose a different path. And I think, I mean, this is a lot what Birthing in New Earth is about, is about sharing information and knowing that there is a different way. And you can see it in the outer world that the structures are following. And now this new way is more pertinent than ever. And like what you were, you know, I think you were, you were talking about that it is a dark moon. So I think this is a really nice take because there is endings and beginnings and all of this happening right now. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. I think that the work that you're doing and, and me and everyone else who's doing this is sharing the information, as you said, and in, therefore encouraging individuals to do their inner work because this yeah. is critical. Like you can't just expect to arrive at your next rite of passage and say, oh, I'm choosing the healing path instead of the re-wounding because that's not going to happen unless you've <laughs> yeah. done the inner work required yeah so that you can even understand what the wound is that you're carrying mm. and what you need to do on the inside to choose the path of healing. So like the dark moon, as it is right now as we speak mm. and happens every 29 and a half days, is, an, is one of the times in our lives, in our daily life, that we have the opportunity to participate in the inner work that's required for us to be able to show up to our rites of passage that await us in a healed way and to also do the healing work for the rites of passage that we have already experienced, to understand yeah. what happened and why and what that taught us about ourselves and what we can do to unravel and heal that. So it's not like the rites of passage that we've already experienced are a curse they are simply yeah. an opportunity for us to see yeah. what trauma we're holding and carrying on and participating in. So at the dark moon, we have the opportunity to let go of all that no longer serves us. And these mm. will be the wounded behaviours and beliefs and fears. So we have the opportunity at several times in our daily life um, to do this. So the dark moon is one and then the menstrual cycle when we're bleeding when we have our period in the menstrual cycle our menstrual cycle is another time we have the opportunity to let go of all that no longer serves we also have that opportunity at all the endings and beginning so 
the other endings and beginnings that we experience in our lives are the end of a day. So the yeah. dark moon energy is the equivalent to, as I said, just before you start bleeding with your period, the end of a day. So midnight is the same energy. Winter solstice, the shortest mm. day and longest night or the dark of the sun. So we're talking about the dark of the moon. That's the dark of the sun. That's also another opportunity for this. And, and also it's the same energy as the wise, old wise woman and old wise man archetype. So the dark mm. moon, the endings have got this special thing that we can use and align with and help us educate us because at the at the end of something after something's ending and before something begins is the void so it's the mm, space like in that. between and it's the space where the magic happens where the healing happens where the insights come and it's a pl it's a space in time that our culture rushes through and mm. and our culture doesn't like endings it or beginnings, yeah. actually. It just wants to just keep going and growing. And stay in this a little. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. we can see very clearly is unsustainable and doesn't work. But so what we can do right here, right now, and every dark moon and every period and every midnight and every, every cycle that ends and begins is what we can see is the results of the previous cycle. The cycle that's ending, at the end of it, what you can do is see the results of the cycle, the metaphoric seeds of what grew that cycle, what sprouted, grew to full bloom, fruited, harvested and decayed to reveal the seeds that hold all mm -hmm. the lessons of that cycle. And also the other thing that's available to us at this time are the hints of the future. So yeah, this is mm, like, yeah, awesome. And the hints of the future may not be a good thing, but what yeah. the dark moon gives us the opportunity to do as we learn the lessons of the previous cycle and we see the hints of the future, we have the opportunity to let go of all that no longer serves us and then sit in the void and feel what that feels like, the emptiness, the ending after the ending and before the beginning, and then in the new phase, so in this case the new moon or whatever new thing's happening, we have the opportunity to call in what new ways or beliefs mm. or, or ways of being or whatever we want to bring into our life to live the healed version of whatever we want to let go of. So it's a wonderful opportunity at every ending to let go and set up a healed new beginning. So there's all kinds of ways we can do that. Shall I go into that? Yes, I would okay. love to hear that. And I'm sure okay. our audience does too. Well, yeah. the idea of letting go is a very powerful thing. And if you can't figure out what you actually need to let go of, and that would be a bit of a problem really, and something you should focus <laughs> yeah. on so that you can. Yeah. But the generic dark moon prayer or, or ending prayer would be to say something like, I let go of all that no longer serves me or all that no longer serves my highest good or whatever. But the more specific you can be, the better. 
And I mm. really recommend that people document their dark moon or ending prayers so they can see what happens. Yeah, the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so, so we can notice what happens when we let go of, let's just make something up, the need to have the last say. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like then it's not like some, it's not like that means that the need to have the, your need to have the last say goes away. But what it does mean is your awareness about that process grows and shows up. And maybe it will be like you'll have a moment before you have your last say to realize, oh shit, here I go again with my need to have the right last say <laughs> and decide whether you want to do that or not. Because often that just ends up making, you know, a conversation change or stall yeah. or your agenda being reinforced, which is probably not a good thing if you have to have the last say all the time. So <laughs> letting go of all that no longer serves can be done in all manner of ways. And one way that is most dramatic and memory making, and that will help the process, is to write on a piece of paper all the things you want to let go of and then go outside and actually burn that piece of paper and watch yeah. it disappear. Love it. Using, <laughs> using, yeah, using the elements is a powerful tool mm. for us, earth, water, air, and fire, uh, the elements, and, and we can use them in whatever way works for us wherever we are. You, know, like you, could, you could go down to the seaside or... Uh, the beach or whatever, and write something on the sand and then the wave could wash it away. Yeah, that's you know, like, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, you just have to do something that changes something from one version of itself to another in the in the process of letting it go. And then then you need to do the new prayer, so the new moon or the new cycle prayer or the new moon, I mean, sorry, the new, year, new year's resolutions. This is what that's all about, you know. So mm. you need to... You need with, with noticing and being aware of what you're letting go of, what do you want to call in, what new thing do you want to do that would be the healed version of what you were wanting to let yeah. go of. You know, so like if yeah. you want to let go of your need to have the last say all the time, then maybe with your new moon prayer or new cycle prayer, you could say, I trust the flow and I trust that I will be heard or something like yeah. that. And yeah. then, you know, it's not like that's the last time you deal with that. That's just the next time. And then <laughs> yeah. you watch the process and you meet in that process as you see what arises for you when you let go of things and when you call new things in, you see your mindset or your brainwashing about how you think you're supposed to behave in our world. So it's a powerful mm. way to, to uh, take the opportunity for a reset Beautiful, because it's it's so good. Because it's it sometimes it's like a, you know I hear many people like how how do I start doing the inner work and it can be scary because you have to look at yourself and you have to meet yourself and you have to see your weaknesses and strengths and you have to deal with some emotions and I think with that practice it's really beautiful because you're it's very like ritualistic it has energy behind it and. And really, it's just the beginning process, like you said, because it's like, okay, you're, you're recognizing something now, and then you want to set something new, but it still takes time for that pattern to, you know, and that's, that's really a beautiful way to start just bringing that daily awareness. And like you said, there's so many different beginnings and endings. It's not just, 
you know, every year or, you know, every season, it's every day, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's not and it's not like all you have to do is just do this prayer. That's the beginning, as you say, because yeah. then you nurture the new thing, you know. And if we use gardening as a metaphor, then the new thing is a, a seed sprouting. And so sprouting seeds need care. And then as they grow, they need water, they need nurturing, they need protection, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the invitation into the beginning of being really mindful about what mm. you want to change in your life, the healing you want to do, and the work required to maintain that. Yeah. And in that work, you know, it's, <laughs> it is work, you know, we have to, we've been patterned, you know, there's lots of woundings and things that we've talked about, like through rites of passage through our birth. And that takes time. And sometimes you need to reach out and get a, be a part of a community or ask, you know, get someone to, to help you in that. And I think another important thing, and I, you know, it's like really being nice to ourselves, like nurturing and not being so hard on ourselves. That's, an, that's one that <laughs> yeah, yeah because I think how, how you talk to yourself you know and yeah. you notice that by the self-talk how we talk to ourselves is probably how we were talked to as a child mm. and it may not be exactly how we were talked to but it would be whatever words were repeated to us over and over that would reinforce something in particular so whether that's you're not creative uh, creativity is for children, don't waste your time oh, or gosh, you can't yes. do that or mm. whatever. Or you've, you don't know what you're talking about, you're not an expert or um, your body is faulty. Like all this <sighs> shit that we've been led to believe will be mm -hmm. what arises for us in the process of nurturing the new growth or the new ways or whatever. And, and that's the work, you know, by listening to what we're telling ourselves can be one of the first and and kind of most mm. obvious ways, you know, like you yeah. can say, like, whose voice is that? That's telling <laughs> me that. <laughs> I have yeah. turned that that's what the that's what it that's an example of the internalized patriarchy. Mm. Yeah, internal I never thought about it that way, but it's so true. <laughs> it's Ooh, like how can you are and what are you doing and get back into your box and rah rah rah. <laughs> My gosh, it's so true. Especially for women, you know, I've I've had this realization. You know, I mean, I, I have realizations a lot along the way, but even like after all the work I've done, I'm like, oh my God, I'm still playing small like I'm still trying to fit in <laughs> like even after I've been doing work for like 20 years but I had this realization like two weeks ago I was like oh I'm still trying to fit in and not be my full self <sighs> it's 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 a big cage we're in you know like and yeah and it's very scary to break out of it and we've been yeah. conditioned to behave in certain ways or else like you know, so everybody will be having their version of that one way or the other, women and men. Yeah. And children, and children. yeah. And, and I think, like, I think it's so interesting because sometimes I, I think about the cage because it's like I, I, like, meditate on it. It's like we're in a cage, but yet the door is open. 
and we're not actually shackled, but we're made to believe that that that's the the patriarch or the matrix or whatever you want to say. We're in this cage, but actually we have choices that we can get out of it. But it's like you said, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah, and there's been a big terrible experiment done on this. So I think I might not get the word the name right, but I think it's Schrodinger's dog or something. It's where the guys did an experiment by putting a dog in a cage and keeping it there, and then. They took the cage away, but the dog thought the cage was still there because yeah. it had been, you know, um, just pro- trained, trained. program to believe that the cage was there, so it was always there. So that's where we are, you know. But to be fair, most people are in a cage that's locked. Yeah. Yes. And they don't know where the keys are or even that there are any. Mm. That's the tragedy of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that you work with like hundreds of women that you probably like, so you, in your work, it's like you help them find the keys. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically to use our rites of passage and the wisdom of the cycles, including the spiritual practice of menstruation, to understand the patterns that are playing out in our lives, individual lives. There'll be some similar things, like especially amongst women, but there Mm. are specific things for each individual. So by working with understanding our rites of passage and what happened and therefore what that meant, we can see what our the theme or pattern is that's repeating in our life and probably our generations before us. And we can then use the wisdom of the cycles and the spiritual practice of menstruation to do the inner work. So it's about recognize, It's about knowing the stories, our stories, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then recognizing it, looking for and recognizing the patterns and the themes, and then being in the driver's seat instead of the passenger seat, so to speak, mm-hmm. and using all the opportunities to do the work of letting go and calling in new things of healing. So it's really very simple and so, I mean, to me it's so obvious, but I've been doing it for so long and I just think everybody knows it. But everybody (laughs) does know it because they're actually living it. Living it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's very empowering work and it it is especially working with the menstrual cycle with women Mm. that we can make massive changes in our lives and and the menstrual cycle is the place where we can do our inner work in preparation for either the rites of passage that are coming or healing the ones we've been through. And that's mm. because the menstrual cycle is the barometer of our well-being, to quote Alexandra Pope. It's, it's like the canary in the coal mine, like everything that's out of balance in our life shows up in the menstrual cycle. So it's right there. Yes. It's right there. The body tells us now. <laughs> there's many signs coming up from the body, <laughs> but yeah, we can just exactly. take, you know, um, numb those those uh, signs. <laughs> Absolutely, numb uh, them or or switch them off. Yeah. Mm. And I, I love the work you do with the, the menstrual cycle. So you you do lots of like um, menarch ceremonies and teach people about that. And but for many of us, we probably didn't have that ceremony I know for myself and for you know I didn't have that um you know ceremony into to womanhood um 
So then again, like you said, you work with later down the track, still working with your cycles. So how do you, how do you work with the cycles and how do you work with women through the menstrual cycles? Yeah. Okay. So just to start with the menarch, because not, not many women had a positive menarch experience. Like it might've been neutral if you're lucky or shameful mostly. And that's a tragedy mm. and that's affecting everything, including our health and our bodies and our life path and our, our potential and our relationships and everything, everything, everything. So for those of you who are long past Menarch, what you can do to um, address it and heal it is a bit of a process that you can do on your own and or you could do it in, a, in your women's circle. That would be a wonderful thing mm. to do together. So what you would do is in on your own to... Write down the story of your menarch, everything you can remember that preceded the moment when you saw the blood on your undies and then what happened when you did and who said what and who didn't do this and what happened and blah, 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 blah. And then ask yourself of that experience, what did this teach me about being a woman? And then... What theme did that set up in my life that is, has been playing out forever? Mm. So that's the first thing where you remember it, figure out what it taught you because that's what rites of passage do. They teach you how your culture values the next role you're going into and therefore how you have to behave to be accepted by the culture. So you do that inner work, the remembering, to figure out mm. what, how that looked for you. And if you can't remember your menarch, and some women can't, that's information. It means that something happened around yeah. that time, either in your own life or, the, or your family's life or the world that overshadowed it. And so yeah. that, that's big that it was overshadowed, for example. Mm. It, it could be that you just can't remember. And if that's the case, then you can remember because you can track back in your life and do something like remember when you were a teenager and you did have your period, maybe on a holiday or a school excursion or yeah. camp or something, and then just track back, okay, did I have it at Christmas the year before, blah, 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 blah. So you can usually zero down when you had it and figure out what happened. And then what you need to do once you've figured out what the message was that you were given and also to understand that really what happened at everybody's menarch is the initiation into menstrual shame because that's a cultural mm. situation. So once you figured out all that, figure out a new message that you want to give the inner maiden in you because she doesn't go away. Mm. That girl yeah. is very present every moment and most likely in the driver's seat most of the time, in the driver's seat of your life in her most wounded version. So mm. she's very present. So the idea in the, for the healing of the menarch is to figure out what new message you want to give the inner maiden in you about being a woman. So the idea there would be that you come up with an empowering statement that you can rewire your brain with mm. about what it means to be a woman. And then that will affect everything, everything. And then so that's the way to be with your menarch experience and also for every childbirth experience and also for every birthing mm. of anything other than a human because when we're in our fertile years we 
conceive, gestate and birth all manner of things besides humans. You know, we are the creatrix. We, we, so you can do this process that I just mentioned for the menarch for everything or everyone that you've birthed as well. So, and also if you post your menopause experience, ask the same questions. So that's how you deal with a rite of passage that's already happened. What you do for rites of passage that are approaching and mm. is to create an experience that will be healing. So the best thing I can say about Menarch and creating experiences is for, is for our daughters, you know. We need to create rites of passage for our daughters into womanhood that is an empowering experience that is teaching them about their bodies and how to look after themselves through their cycle because they're actually hardwired to expect that that's going to happen and mostly that doesn't. I mean, it's getting better now, but that's only because of women like you waking up and going, oh, dear, I don't want my daughter to experience the same thing mm. I did, so how can I do this in a healed way? And rites of passage are about community as well. So I always mm. encourage women of young children to gather in groups, make the community that you want to celebrate your rites of passage for your children within because you have to do that. Because it happens whether you pay attention to it or not. So you should no. pay attention to it and get it right. So then how we use the menstrual cycle for the healing is to, un first of all, you've got to understand what the menstrual cycle is. And it, it blows me away how few people even know what the menstrual cycle is. So true. You know, in terms <laughs> of what's going on. I mean, most people think the menstrual cycle means the bleeding, the period, and that's it. Yeah. And that's not it. That's just like a small part of it, like, you know, three, five, yeah. six, seven days of it. Then there's the, then there's the other three weeks. And yeah. the, menstru the menstrual cycle is um, a place where we can see our story playing out because everything that's not working in our life shows up in week three of our menstrual cycle. So everything that is working. I just had week I just had no, it. You three. just had it. Well, is that what <laughs> it's happened? So true. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, another way to look at it is it's the time in our cycle when we tell the truth. Mm. Stop playing mm. along with everybody, and that happens because our hormones change through our cycle, and at that point, our um, the hormone that has us go along with everything is decreasing. So we stop going along with everything. And start to notice ourselves again and wish for different ways. And so during week three of your menstrual cycle, what you can do is start making a list of everything that's giving you the shits and think mm. about how you're creating that and not blame anybody else for it yeah. because that's not yeah. the problem. You know, yeah. think about what, what so you important. can let go of. Yeah, you know, so week three, all the things that show up are the beginning of the list that you create that become your blood prayers, like your dark moon prayers of what mm. you're going to let go of. Let go of, yeah. What you're going to call in, that's the healed version of it. So the, the way to use the menstrual cycle for our healing is, first of all, to acknowledge it and to learn about it and to work with it as a cycle because all the, all the personal growth and development a woman could want is available in flowing with the menstrual cycle and mm. the clues for how to live a sustainable and earth-honouring life 
are hiding in plain view in the menstrual cycle. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think if anything that one of the big things that 2020 taught many people and not everybody because not everybody's doing the same things, but they, I think 2020 with lockdown and working yeah. at home and all of that taught us the value of rest because yes. our culture doesn't totally. do rest. You know, mm. our culture is like go, 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 grow, 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 24-7, on, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, that just makes everybody yeah. sick. Yeah, that's so, why I was so, we're so all burnt out and stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and so the menstrual cycle gives women the opportunity to work that in a different way and to honour the rest phase because our experiences of pain when we bleed or PMS, etc., are completely related to how well or not we look mm. after ourselves when we're bleeding. If we, if we forge through and push past our desires for rest and quiet when we're bleeding we'll pay for that yeah totally we'll pay pay for it by the increase of the symptoms that make us do that yeah yeah you hear so many so many women like even like talk about their symptoms and all these things and you're like oh you just but it's it is that's the patriarchal you know way like do 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 produce 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 that's how you feel valued and and it is so important. And then this is again, like you have your menstrual cycle, but this is the way of nature. <laughs> so it's just like tapping back into the cycles of nature. That's, that's the mirror reflecting who we are really. And, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so obvious. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, something popped into my head when you were um, talking about week three and I wanted to kind of, and that's the the autumn is, you know, when we start to say more our truth and we're just not taking shit. And and I know that you've talked about this a lot, how the autumn relates to the MAGA phase, like after menopause. And I feel like that's very much linked when you go into menopause. If we embrace it, that's like, well, yeah, well, we're not taking shit from anyone. We're the wise women. So maybe you can exactly, talk about that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and clearly that's the... The, you know, one of the ways we need women to show up now is in their power. And it's, it's much um, easier maybe uh, and more straightforward to be in your power post-menopause than any other time because you're free of the domination of the hormone of accommodation. So estrogen is the hormone of accommodation. (laughs) And so when we menstruate, when we're fertile, we are dominated by the hormone of accommodation, which just makes us do whatever we need to do to support whatever we want to, whatever we need to help grow, like our children Mm. or our business or our relationships or whatever. But once the dominant domination of the hormone of accommodation goes away then it's kind of like a veil falls away and we wake up to the ways we have been sacrificing ourselves for everybody and everything and it's Mm. kind of like a reckoning that we start to pay attention to our own needs and the things that matter in our lives so I just want to say that the sacrificing ourselves is not a bad thing in that phase. It's actually what babies right. need, children need, right. our, 
our, our work needs somebody to sacrifice themselves to support the nurturing of it. And we're richly rewarded for it. It feels good if we're healthy and well yeah. and not, not really wounded in our own inner yeah, child yeah. to support and sacrifice ourselves for the things mm. we, especially our children, for example. Mm. But then post-menopause, you know, everything changes. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the healthy model because for the women who can't see that, they just feel valueless. They feel like they're mm. invisible and they feel like they don't even count anymore. And, you know, evolutionary biologists have been trying to figure out why human women live beyond their fertile years, you know. What is the use of them? Which is a very <laughs> fucked up question for somebody so on the other up. side of the airport. So but, also, you know, mm. like there are, they, they've come up with a hypothesis, which remember is a theory, a guess, and they've used other, the, they've looked at the other mammals on earth that go through menopause and why. And so there are five creatures on the planet that go through menopause. Us and the four others live in the ocean. They're the toothed whales. Uh, so wow. they're the pilot whales, the orcas or killer whales, the beluga whales and the narwhals, the unicorns of the sea. Oh, yeah. So they all go through menopause and what happens, and the evolutionary biologists have, have seen this, and uh, so what happens is the post-menopausal grandmother whales are the leaders of their pods they're the mm. bosses and yes. they just by their beingness by them being there ensures that their sons live longer and therefore you know more but more babies mm -hmm. are made and their daughters live longer and can make more babies and their grandchildren thrive because the grandmother whales know because they've learned through their lives, they've gained wisdom of where to find the best food in different situations. So yeah. imagine for a moment that the role of postmenopausal women is to be leaders in their communities because they hold mm. the wisdom. I got goosebumps. Such. <laughs> mm. I hope that's where we're headed. I hope so too. <laughs> And not to the exclusion of men or the masculine, but no. in, including everybody because women yeah. have been and the feminine has been excluded. So that's what the whole thing about the mission of reclaiming feminine wisdom, knowledge and power is mm. all about. Mm. It's so powerful and it's, it's, I do believe that's where we're headed. Like I feel it happening may take some time. And, and like you said, it's not the exclusion of men because men, men, it needs to be a balance, you know, it's harmony, you know, the divine masculine, divine feminine within ourselves and within our society. Um, but everyone, like you said, everyone in a patriarchal society is wounded. The men are wounded. <laughs> the women are wounded. Yep. You, know? you know, like in terms of the patriarchal cultures alive and around today, the only cultures that have survived patriarchy are the cultures that sacrifice their men. So either mm. to war, you know, like yeah. you have to go and fight for your country, you sacrifice your life, yeah. or you sacrifice your life in terms of your dreams because the patriarchy uh, 
makes men have to fit into a certain mould of protector and provider. So not who they want to be, but who they have to be. So everybody mm. has been affected by this. It's not just a pro-men thing. It might look like that because it favours the masculine and men, yeah. but it's something that's damaging all of us and it's something that we are co-creating. So it's something that mm. we can change together and clearly that's what's going on and let's hope it happens in the right time because you know under yeah. everything that's going on now is a climate emergency that we need to all be together with to do something about or else yeah i agree i i totally agree and that's kind of you know what i've been thinking about it's 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 about us you know doing our thing you know sharing what our heart's mission is and what we you know, what we want to be sharing in the world, but then it's also coming together with that, that common vision of where we want to go, because that collectiveness, you know, and it's like, we, we've been controlled by these hierarchical structures, but now it's like the, the, the more feminine approach is the, the rising up from the bottom up, you know. And yeah. being in our bodies. Yo, that's like the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, How yes. is that that's something that we have to do rather than something we actually already are? Already are. I know. Yeah. But that, I, my feeling, and I'm sure you talked about this, it probably stems from our birth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the other rites of passage and then the, you know, the overculture's beliefs and attitudes, you know, like it's it's actually the way that a woman could, learn from her life and the experiences of it in a typical situation would be that her body is faulty, mm. unpredictable and dangerous and, you know, out of control. Yeah. So why would you want to inhabit something like that? Why would you want to be in that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, and then so that, know, that, add to that any wounds and damage and violence that people have experienced and, the, the last place you want to be is in your body where the trauma is. So mm. the healing has to happen on so many levels. So many levels. Yeah, I've been having many conversations about the trauma and embodied and, yeah, it takes time though. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really love this conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. <laughs> in so many areas. Um so yeah, I get. I mean, you know, kind of summing up what we've been talking about is we. It's it. There's. It's about tapping back into that that feminine reclamation, tapping into that feminine power, whether you're man or woman, and it really starts as well. Like you said, it starts with doing our own our own inner work. Like we have to do the work to heal our traumas. You know, whether that's that's been a trauma from our own birth from, you know, whatever situations, like you said, violence or anything that's happened to us in our life, our men are, um, and healing those wounds as in, that's like how we start to heal, you know, and make changes in the world or the world around us. And I think you've given us some like such beautiful tools to start that journey, you know, and, and really tapping into like this dark moon that we're in right now and, and using those ending and beginning cycles and tapping into the menstrual cycle, so powerful. Mm. And so yeah. obvious. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And like we said, it's like tapping into our own menstrual cycle and our own cyclical nature, which is really mere to us in nature. <laughs> exactly. As everything is. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to um, hear more about the work that you do. So you have a school, the Women um, School of Shamanic Womancraft. I would love to hear about that because I think that's so amazing, that mystery school that you have. Yeah. Well, it's been going for, I started in 2009, so that's 11 years now. And it's, it's basically a modern-day women's mystery school where we focus on the rites of passage, the spiritual practice of menstruation and the culture and the archetypes we live and work with. It's really a, um, a school where women come together to do some variation of time focused on this work. So we've got one-day workshops that are a bit of a taste uh, in, in these areas, so like the cycles, birth, menopause, and we have a year-long immersion into the women's mysteries where a group of women journey together over a year, working with the cycles, the seasons, the lunar cycles, and the seasons in their lives and our rites of passage work. And we basically practice an earth-based spirituality mm. to understand what's going on and what to do about it. It's a real process of know thyself. It's, it's yeah. the way to unravel what, who you are and what you do, why you do what you do the way you do it and mm. offering lots of tools to, um, to sort of like correct your journey, you know, if you're off, off target of or yeah. of course, yep, and, <laughs> and also ways to live it, how to live it and, and how to really basically connect to the earth and mm. listen to the earth. And yeah. also not just the earth but other than humans. So for us to yeah. see where we sit and fit in this. So, so the school offers all these programs that that's what it's all about. And it creates a community and it's an international women's mystery school. And mm. up until before the pandemic, I was traveling over to England and Europe to deliver this work and also planning to go to Mexico. But that's all changed now since mm. international travel out of Australia is not possible right now. And so what I've done is create a lot of online e-courses to facilitate this work in the meantime, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Yeah. But, yeah, so the School of Shamanic Womancraft is, is a place where women do their own in, inner work but also train to be shamanic mm. craftswomen and be able to teach this stuff. And there's a teacher training and for things like preparing women and mothers and daughters for menstruation and, yeah, so that's that's the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Yes, I'll put all those links down below so you can find out more about these beautiful programs because it's, this is, a, again, I'm, so, I'm really so happy that you're, what you do, but then you're also teaching other people to do that and so that the, this is how the change is happening, you know, how we're spreading the message around the world and getting that information out. And 
you know, and what I love about it's, it's connecting to the earth and that nature-based spirituality. And, and this is actually like, it may sound new to some people, but actually it's ancient. (laughs) It's old. So it's like, it's like we went from, you know, there and we went as far away from that as possible. And now it's like, okay, how do, how do we get back there? How do we get back to where we know is our whole, and that's like our journey, like that's an external journey, but actually that's the, and like you said, it's about getting to know ourselves because that's the journey back to ourselves. Like we went the farthest away we could go from ourselves and now it's coming back to ourselves and in this world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. In a nutshell, well said. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But yeah, it's so amazing. So yeah, I'll put all um, Jane's links below and check out because she does have, you know, for all our you know international listeners that are not based in Australia, she has many online programs that are so helpful, you know, if you've experienced, um, I'm going to try to remember some of them like birth trauma. And if you're going through your autumn phase, your MAGA phase, I think there's a really nice course there. Um, your me- preparation maybe. for birth. Yeah, preparation for birth. So there's so much juiciness and the, and, there. And the one, the one um, called the e-course called Snake Medicine: Shedding oh. Mental Shame. Yes, <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, so much beauty there. Um, so, is there any final words you would love to share with us today, Jane? Wisdom to impart to our audience. Mm. Well, I think you know, just based on the idea we started with that it's a dark moon and an opportunity to let go and then the new moon is an opportunity to call in. I think at this time in our world there are a lot of things that are going on that we have no control over and that can be really Mm. scary but these things like doing dark moon prayers and letting go of what we don't what no longer serves us and new moon prayers where we call in what healed versions. These are things we can do. And so I think that in these uncertain times and times of fear, that it's good to focus on the things that we can do and do them well. Yes. Yes. So, so agree with that because it does feel, you know, I was just feeling it yesterday. I was like, oh gosh, you know, there's so much happening. It's so kind of, when you look in the other world, it's yucky. Oh, but like, okay, what can I do? You know, and then it's taking that power back, you know, taking that power back into yourself that I'm, you know, I have that power to make my choices and how I want to feel and how I can heal myself. So exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. And tapping into the cycles yeah. <laughs> can help. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Jane, for being here and sharing your beautiful wisdom with us and your tools. I think that was super, super helpful. And yeah, I'll put find out more about Jane below. And thank you, Jane. Thank you, Samantha. Best wishes. Thank you for joining the podcast today. If you'd like to know more about Birthing in New Earth, our gatherings, events, our amazing collective of speakers, please join us over at Instagram at Birthing in New Earth. If you liked what you listened to today, please subscribe, leave us some stars, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Any topics that you want us to talk about, please send it through. Thank you for being here and have a beautiful day.